connection. Um, I love what we're doing here on Wednesday nights. It's really awesome to see people hanging out, fellowshipping, having pizza and coffee. Um, so I'm going to open in prayer, and then uh, we'll get rolling here. Father, we just thank you for your presence tonight. We welcome your presence. Lord, open our hearts and our ears and our minds to hear your word tonight. Uh, Lord, speak to each person as we go through this message. And Lord, you're so good that you want the best for us. And so, Lord, we pray that you'll touch each person here tonight and people listening on the podcast. And Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, um, I'm Pastor John, and this is my lovely wife, Robin. <laughs> um, so a, a little while back, the Lord gave Robin a message, and, um, and it's really awesome, and I've heard it many times over the years. It's, it's almost like a kind of a life message for us, but he, she got a lot of clarity from the Lord. So basically tonight, I'm just sitting up here to look pretty, and, and Robin's going to share and use the whiteboard. Um, and I may interject a little bit, but, um, so here's my wife. <laughs> and Hoseway made fun of me because I have a whiteboard, but I am a professional educator. So like, I don't know that I could speak without a whiteboard. So I am very visual. So, so I originally, um, this is like John said, this is like a life message. This is something the Lord has been dealing with me about for. Uh, probably since 2007 or 8, it was one of those things It's like, oh, wow. And just something I've applied in my life for many, many years. And then um, right after the um, Global Leadership Conference, the Lord was, there was a lot of people speaking on the same subject. And I was like, wow, Lord, it's so cool. These people are saying the same thing I've been doing for years. And the Lord's like, yeah, you need to write that down. I'm like, yeah, I don't preach. I'm not writing this down. And he's like, go write it down. I was literally in bed with the covers up, done. And he's like, write it down. I'm like, yes, Lord. So I got my laptop in bed and wrote it all down. And then he's been tweaking it since then. So it it is something that has really ministered to John and I over the years and over like people that I've counseled and you know just people that I've mentored. So I'm hoping that you guys will find it a blessing, that it will help you in your victorious walk with God. Amen. So it, I originally titled it Captivating, and then um, John Bevere has, well, his wife has a book by the same name, so the title bothers him. So I changed the title. <laughs> oh, by the way, every man in the room, every husband in the room needs to read Captivating for your wife's sake. It's a, it's a great book. Um, it's sort of the female version of Wild at Heart. Um, so I changed it to update, to upgrade your operating system. So that's my message. So my tech friends in the room will appreciate. <laughs> I work for Keras Ed Tech, so I'm all about the tech. Um, upgrade your operating system. And the scripture that we start with is Proverbs 23, 7. And I took it out of the Amplified. Um, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Right? So how we think in our hearts, um, some people call that your filters. John calls it programs. Um, that's his favorite expression. Um, John Acuff calls them soundtracks. The Bible calls them strongholds. 
but it is basically the thoughts that are running behind the surface, the subconscious things that are guiding all of our decisions and our reactions to things and how we perceive information coming in, um, which is one of the reasons I like calling them filters, because it everything you hear and every direction that you get and the communication that people are giving you come through that filter. And so two people could hear the exact same message and come away with something completely different because of different filters. And one person could get really mad, like there's just between us two, somebody could say something to her that would make her, that would just be a trigger, it would make her really upset. And I'm like, what's the big deal? What's, I don't see what's, why does that make you mad? But yeah. it's because we all have these programs. The program tells, in basic terms, the program tells the computer what to do, right? So if you have these programs, it's, it's leading you and guiding you and, and, you know, and you're subconscious and you're not even aware of it. And it, we all have them. Everybody has programs. Um, most of the time, we don't even know that they're there and they're influencing us and we don't even know, we are not even aware that that's happening. Um, and those programs can bring us to victory. They can bring us into the fullness of God's calling on our lives or they can get us derailed before we even start. And so I'm going to ask some questions. And this is, I'm a teacher, right? I'm not a preacher. So I am a very facilitative instructor. Still I believe you. in audience participation. I believe that active participation helps retention and application. So, so this is, I am asking you these questions for real and I really want to know your answers to these, okay? So the first question if, is, and I want you to think, what would be your reaction What's your immediate thought when I say, hey, let's go climb a 14er? No. <laughs> okay, right? So how many of you were like, yeah, let's do it? Right? And that's like, like, how about tomorrow? Yeah. Um, yeah, how many are like, what's a 14er? <laughs> okay, so a 14er, if you're new to Colorado, is any mountain that's over 14,000 feet. Yes. So if you're new to and they the area, have to have, you have to have a vertical gain of at least 1,500 feet, and you have to travel at least three miles. So those are the rules. Um, so it's basically a vertical hike. So, so how you? So some of you were like, "Yeah, absolutely, I'm going, I'm doing that," right? And so, how many of you thought, uh, "Yeah, no, I'll, I'll pass." Yeah. How many of you thought, "I would like to do that, but I can't." Right, yeah, like I'm not, some of you think I'm too old, I'm too out of shape, I'm not an athlete, um, that's for athletic people, you know, that, that's for those people, like I can't do that, right? Those are all programs that determine whether you engage in that activity or not, right? And those programs happened before you, before I even asked you to take a step. Like I didn't like sign up on the sheet and go hike this 14er. There was no action step required. You shut it, some of you shut it down before an action step was even required, right? So what happens if I say, and this is a different group of people, this is interesting. So think in your head, how, what, what would I really react to this? So what if I ask you, start, let's start a business, yeah? Some of you are like, 
Yes, I'm there. I'm ready to start a business. I want to be an entrepreneur, right? How many of you were like, oh no, that's terrifying? No one who admits it. I'll admit it. <laughs> I had a business. <laughs> I'm raising my hand. Like, I've been there, done that. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> so, right? Th those are some of the things that play into our programs is history, our, our past history, our past experiences. So how many of, some of you maybe thought, I'm not smart enough? Did anyone think, I'm not smart enough to have a business? Yeah. I'm glad you own that because I'm I'm there. I'm like I can't do that. I There's thought that before I started my business. Yeah. <laughs> How many of you think I'm not wealthy enough to start a business? Yeah. And how many of you think, you know, oh, that's for people like Elon Musk. You know, those are, those are the entrepreneurial people of the world. There are entrepreneurial people and I am not an entrepreneurial person. Like you just don't identify as an entrepreneur. Right? Okay, so again, those are programs. It's a little bit more at stake um, than will you hike a 14er? But there's a little more at stake there. Because if the Lord is, if his plan for you is start a business, and your immediate is like, nope, no, I can't do that. I'm not wealthy enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm too old. That's a, you know, I'm too young, right? I'm too whatever, fill in the blank. So um, a lot of the times we have those um, two, I'm just two, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too fat, I'm too skinny, I'm too tall, I'm too short, you know, and it's like the enemy tells us on both sides, you know, and I think, I think it was Rick McFarlane I heard the other day was talking about, you know, it's like there's, it's, this must be one day, you know, you're too young until this point and from this day afterwards you're too old, you know, and this is, this is the day, like this is the perfect day. Right, but the enemy tells us on both sides, you know, we're two. It doesn't matter which side, as long as he gets us to disqualify ourselves. Um, so he's really insidious, and he slips the lie in the guise of truth. And we say, um, I'm just being realistic, right? How many, how many have you ever had that thought? Like, oh, I'm just being realistic. Right? I can't climb a 14er. I'm out of shape. I'm just being realistic. Right? So I want, let's look at Ephesians uh, chapter 3, verse 20. And we're all very familiar with that verse. And it says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. That's the new living. And in the Amplified, it says, super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. So I'm asking you, what in that verse is realistic? <laughs> There's nothing realistic about beyond our highest prayers. There's nothing realistic about super abundantly far over and above, right? God is not asking us to be realistic, okay? So we, I asked you how many would hike a 14er. You had an immediate thought. 
I asked you how many of you would start a business. Everyone, ha you have an immediate thought, right? We, we automatically answer those questions. So what if I say, go heal the sick, right? Go bring sight to the blind. Let's go raise the dead, right? We have immediate thoughts to that. You know, and I don't know if you're like me, but my immediate thought is, oh, no, that's for somebody with more faith than me, right? That's for, that's for people who are faith giants. That's for, you know, Randy Clark and Bill Johnson and Todd White. That's, that's not for me. You know, I'm just, I'm just me. You know, I'm, I'm just average. I'm just average. <laughs> you know, I love you, Lord, and I, and I serve you, but I can't do that, right? So it's really, really important for us to be aware of the thoughts, the programs that we are operating by because we are disqualifying ourselves before we even put any action to it. And we're not just disqualifying ourselves from hiking a 14er. And we're not just disqualifying ourselves from starting a business. We're disqualifying ourselves to being the hands and feet of the Father. Right? If Jesus did it, we can do it. Amen. And we're disqualifying ourselves from being our full potential in Christ. He has so much for us that's so beyond what we can get a hold of but we're going to get shut down every time. And when you look at people like Andrew and Kenneth Copeland, these guys that have these worldwide ministries, man, they just went for it. They just, you know, they might have fell down, bumped and grind, and they just plowed through, man, and got through those programs. And every one of those people that have worldwide ministries, if you listen to them enough, they'll all share about this stuff where they had to reach a point where they're like, you know what, I'm not listening to other people and I'm, all, I'm, listening, I'm not going to listen to my, these negative thoughts in my head. I'm going to listen to the word because God said I can do it. And so there's not a whole lot of them, man, but the ones that did it, they're world changers, like big time. Preacher. <laughs> Teacher. <laughs> um, so I had this happen at work a while back, I actually had a friend, and I won't say who, because I didn't get permission to share the story, but she was talking, and she's growing in ministry, and she's having exciting things happen to her, and I said something to the effect of, yeah, you know, you're, you're going to be end up on TV, and, and she started to say out of her mouth, like, no, I could never do that, and, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, you know, be like Mary, right, not like Zechariah. Mm -hmm. Right? Mary said, Lord, let it be unto me according mm -hmm. to your word. Amen. Zechariah argued with the Lord and his mouth was shut for nine months. Okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that we couldn't argue with the Lord. But I was at work and I was joking around um, with one of my coworkers who is a host of Karis Life Bible Studies. And I was teasing her and she's like, you're going to be the host of Karis Life Bible Studies someday. And I, and I started to say, no, that's ridiculous. And the Lord went, hmm. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to be the host of Karis Life Bible Studies, but what, what we do is we automatically discount things that people speak over us, things that the Lord speaks over us, and we say, oh, I could never do that. Yeah, well, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, right? So those are programs that are leading me to the things of God or leaving me away from the things of God. They're either built, they're either... Um, 
laying hold by faith of the things that God has provided by grace, or they're discounting me with my own words to function in the fullness of what God has for me. So it's really, really important to recognize that we have these programs and to deal with them. So most of this is supposed to be about that. So I have to um, get to the point of like, okay, so I know that they're there, now what? Um, I don't, I'm not gonna actually share this story because I feel like you all get it that we have programs, right? And that we usually don't know that they're there. Um, I, I realized, I'm not gonna go into the big story, but I realized that I believed a lie about God that I didn't know that I believed about God. And so we just, we had some family issues, most of you know that story, and I actually was like, um, got to a place where I was like, Lord, why did you allow this? But if you had asked me, you know, do you believe God causes bad things to happen? If anyone had said to me and asked me to answer that question, my answer would have been, absolutely not. You know, no, he's a good God. His character is good. He is for us, not against us. You know, um, absolutely, I believe that he gave us authority. And so if you would ask me, do you believe that God allows these things to happen? No, no. You know, God gave us the authority on this earth. But yet in my heart of hearts, I believed that God had allowed this situation to happen. And I didn't realize it until another person had a similar situation and they were delivered out of that. And my son was not delivered out of his. And I'm like, Lord, how come you delivered this person, but not my son? And that revealed to me that I believed a lie. I didn't even know that I believed a lie. In my conscious mind, absolutely not. God is good, God is for us, he gives us authority. But my actions, revealed a program. And if I hadn't, if I didn't know it was there, I couldn't get rid of it, right? So we have to identify our programs. So, can I, can yes. I share a quick example too? So um, just an example I thought of, just because this has happened to me several times in life, um, and I'm not picking on anybody, and I'm not speaking of anyone in this room, but I've had times in my life where let's just say a woman's trying to do something, and I go up and say, oh, let me, can I help you with that? And they're, they kind of chuckle and they're like, no, I don't, I don't need help from a man. That, that would have been me about and, 25 yeah, years and ago. And I, I wasn't talking about her. But I've seen this so many times where, um, just a hypothetical example, where a woman gets very injured by a man, very wounded by a man, whether it's divorce or physical abuse or whatever, and that, and that woman just automatically has this, this wall, the stronghold that says, I don't need a man for anything. I don't need a man for marriage. I don't need a man for love. I don't need a man to help me fix my car. And, and that, that's just like a brick wall. And if you're a believer, uh, man, that's, uh, that really stunts your spiritual growth. But so some of these programs are, I say fairly easy to spot, but usually if something like really torques you off and you don't know why, and it doesn't torque off somebody else, it, it could be a program. Yes. Yeah, so extreme emotional reactions are often an indicator of a program. So if you have this really strong reaction and you're like, well, I am so angry about this, and your friends are like, yeah? You know, why? <laughs> it's probably a program, okay? Um, if you, like, what do you say to yourself when you mess up? Like that can reveal programs. If you do something stupid, 
and you start berating yourself, oh, I'm so dumb, I can't believe I did, that's a program, mm -hmm. right? You're believing a lie. Um, what's your reaction when, you've asked, when you're asked to do something you've never done before, right? Something out of your comfort zone. Is it panic, anxiety? Do you think, I can't do that, oh my gosh, I can't do that, I'm not gonna be able to do that. Those are all programs. Um, have you ever had a thought or a dream, and before you even write it down, you say, yeah, I can't do that. I'm not even going to write. That's too stupid. I'm not going to write that down. Right? Those are all indicative of programs. Um, the other thing, one of the ways that I recognize mine is because I, I'm a verbal, I mean, I verbal, verbalize, I am a verbal processor, but I do that in my head. So I've got all these verbal things going around. So you lay down to go to sleep, and your brain's going And it's like, I need to let that go. I'm not upset about that. I need to let that go. I release that. I need to let that go. And you just can't, or you won't. Program. <laughs> There's a program there. OK. Um, your actions, like the story that I shared, your actions are indicative of your program. So even so. For example, like I say, you know, uh, no, I believe that God is good and God loves me and that he has given authority to me, but my actions of, of he asked me to trust him with my daughter and my reaction was like, no, I'm not trusting you with her, you know, and that my action indicated that I did not really believe that he was a good God. So your actions will reveal um, a lot of us, and this is like I am not throwing shade. <laughs> But a lot of us are like, oh, I trust God, I trust God. But then when it comes to tithe or give, we're like, oh, I can't give that because I have to. Well, your actions show whether you trust him or not. Like, Lord, do I trust you to meet my needs that I can tithe and I can give when you ask me to? Amen. Right? So if we can't, then we don't really trust him. There's a program in there. Okay, so one of the best ways to deal with your programs or find out what they are is to ask the Holy Spirit. Like, he's very happy to reveal those things to us. You know, if you ever get, especially if you're stuck, you know, I can't stop thinking about this. I can't let this go. I can't, I'm just stuck. Then you sit down with God and say, Holy Spirit, show me. Why am I, what, where am I stuck? So this is the part where I need the board. Yay. Um, and I, I'm going to share, um, well, let me tell you the scripture first. Um, so 2 Corinthians 10, 5, in the second half of that verse, says, We lead every thought and purpose away, captive to the obedience of Christ. Which is why I call this message captivating. Do you get it? If we're <laughs> taking something captive, we're captivating it, right? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, so we we lead every thought captive. Who? Us. We. Is it say God leads our thoughts captive? No. Who's responsible for our thoughts? Us. We have to take the responsibility. It is our job to take captive our thoughts. Those Amen. belong to us, and they can roll around in there and do all kinds of damage until we stop them. Right? We have to stop them. And if you don't stop them, you, will, you can't entertain those thoughts and not have it impact your life. 
the scripture we started with, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So you can't have a whole set of programs that are guiding your life and think you're going to live differently from those. In order to live free and victorious, you have to take your thoughts captive. They have to be renewed, which is one of my favorite scriptures, um, which should be in here somewhere. Um, Romans 12, 1, or there it is. Romans 12, 2. So don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Okay, so we are responsible to change our thoughts. Um, I like the New Living Version of 2 Corinthians 10.5. It says, we capture the rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Yeah, so I like that scripture a lot. Okay, so we recognize our thoughts. I'm going to share. This is how I do this. You do not have to do this this way. This is what works for me. There are some key things that, that are you must do. Um, but, like, how you arrange that, that's, you know, that's up to what works for you. I'm going to give a shout out to Carolyn Leaf. Oh, well, yeah, I was actually doing this before Carolyn Leaf oh. was doing it. But I did read Carolyn. I thought we stole this from Carol- no, Dr. Carolyn Leaf. No, I did not steal it from Okay, we didn't steal it from Carolyn Leaf. Carolyn Leaf um, confirmed what I was already doing. Praise God. So, <laughs> I love that when that happens. Um, this is actually, per- like, really... It, it is a thought process that was really, really personal to me. I am really over it now. So it's like, so I hope that it doesn't make you uncomfortable that because I'm sure it's pretty personal thought process. I was praying about, I was asking the Lord which one of these to share. And I was going to stick with one that was more superficial. And then the Lord was like, no, because there's somebody here who's dealing with really deep, personal, vulnerable thoughts and that if I stuck with something superficial, then it wouldn't um, show like the power of this to free you from things that are just really derailing your life. So please hear, like, you know, we can talk about it. None of this is like, you know, I'm not vulnerable with this anymore, but I just wanted you to hear my heart that I, am, I shared something very personal, very deliberately. Um, because we have stuff, we have stuff that we carry from when we were children, from things that people spoke over us and lies that we believed that other people told us. You know, junior high is rough. And, you know, we, people could have made just little side comments and that like totally shaped how we see ourselves and how victorious we live. So I wanted to share something deep so that you know that you can use this to get free of some really serious stuff. Okay, so I don't know how to use a mic and the whiteboard, so I'm not sure how to do this. You'll have to hold it. Like... Okay. You're going to hold it. This is funny. <laughs> Y'all take a picture of this. I appreciate this. Um, so the first thing you do is you start with the thought that's stuck. Right? So if you are feeling like, oh, I can't do that, then you're going to put, I can't do that, right, in the middle. So my thought was, so we had a period of time where my daughter really went off the rails. And sometimes I think about this, and like when she returns to the church, and y'all know all this stuff about her, act like you don't know, okay? (laughs) Um, So there was a period of time where she was really went off the rails. Um, We'd had a lot of trauma in our life, and she responded to it um, with the flesh very, 
deeply with the flesh. And she ended up in a um, rehab hospital for eating disorders and mental health issues. And during that time period, she was dating a young man who was um, a sociopath, for lack of a better word, and very, very abusive. And we found out about that in the middle of her being in this rehab center. And she and we confronted her about it and were like, we don't want you to see him. And she basically ripped us to shreds. And we had to go to counseling with the um, family counselor at the eating, the secular eating disorder hospital. And my daughter and the counselor basically told us everything that we did wrong as parents. And, um, you know, just ripped us apart for taking her to church, just all of the things that we did wrong as parents. So we're sitting in a room with our 17, then 17 year old daughter and a professional person telling us how we have failed. And one of the days I had to, like right after her graduation, I had to drive her back to the hospital and I said, I don't want to take you back because this boy who was abusive was going to be there. And I said, I don't want you there. I'm worried about you. And she said to me, you haven't parented me in two years. What makes you think you can start now? And I was just like, <gasps> you know, because those of you who are parents know that your highest interest is for your children. Is your arm falling asleep? <laughs> um, and all you want is the best for your children. <laughs> there you go. Mic stand. <laughs> um, and so this, this attack of like, you know, you were a terrible mom and you did everything wrong and you haven't parented me and it just ripped me to shreds. And I am a person um, who tends to look at, okay, what could I have done different? How could I have done this better? You know, what could, you know, what did I contribute to this dysfunction? I'm always looking for my part because my part's the only part I can do anything about. And so I just took all of that. And so I'm just, you know, ho home and crying with the Lord and I can't, I can't get past this. This is all my fault, right? So I start, the thought I started with, is right probably a lot of you are familiar with this thought yeah oh can you not read my handwriting i'm a oh yeah sorry so it says i'm not enough right and that's a thought the enemy tries to get us to believe all the time i'm not enough and so i so you start with the first thought and then you're like okay lord that's the first thought. Well, what else is there? And so then you just go off of another one. And then it's like, I failed. I'm a terrible parent. Um, her problems. Are my fault. Right. And so you just go through and you start thinking, what else? What else do I believe? What else am I thinking? What else about this? And a lot of times these will lead to other things. Um, you know, I didn't listen. Um, it, and then, in, you know, in our case, you know, we had a, another child with a lot of issues. And so then that it's like, oh, I failed both of those kids. So then this goes off of here. And so you just keep going and you ask yourself all of the things 
Like, what else? What else? What else do I think about this? And any thought that you have, you write it down. And the, like, whether you do it in a branch like this, mine are all related to each other, so you can see, I don't know if you can see that, but you can see, like, they're all related to each other. Um, you don't have to do it that way. You can make a list, but you have to write it down. You can't get those things out of your head until you write them down. And so, and you're writing them down in a safe place. Like I do this with the Holy Spirit. So we sit down together, me and the Holy Spirit, and I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, we're going to deal with this. And I can't get rid of this thought. And I'm asking him, what else? What else? What else? And then, you know, you just end up going through. And when I feel like I've got it all out, and sometimes it, once you start being willing to look at how you really feel about something, what you really think, because we're kind of trained, right? In Christian culture, we're kind of trained, like, no, I'm not thinking that, no. You know, well, there's a difference between pushing something down and getting rid of it, right? And just, like, ignoring and, like, oh, no, no, I don't have that. I don't think that that's not, you know, I'm not doing that. It's not the same thing as dealing with it. And so a lot of the times we don't, we won't even allow ourselves to recognize that we have these thoughts, right? So as sometimes as soon as you open the dam and start writing down, like, you know, I feel this and I'm afraid, like there one on this list is fear, right? There's a big one that's fear, fear that my daughter's not going to get better, fear that I did everything, you know, fear, fear. So then there's a lot of thoughts around fear. But once you start allowing yourself to be honest with what you actually think, like the floodgate opens and you have all of the thoughts. And sometimes it'll happen where I'm writing fast, like I'm having these thoughts being released faster than I can even write them down. But it's very therapeutic to get them out and then they're on the paper, and I'm like, and this is, the, this is the, the most important part, is I look at those thoughts and I say, these are not my thoughts. This is not who I am, right? And so one of the things that I do is then I draw a line. And the line symbolizes to me this, that's the enemy, and this down here is the truth. And so then, once you get all the thoughts out, you ask the Holy Spirit, anything else, anything else, anything else, you get it all out. I draw the line, and then I go through the word. And I find a scripture that speaks to every single one of these. And it's not even just a general scripture, but it's very specific to speaking the truth of what God says I am that, that combats very specifically these lies. So in this case, well, I have a whole list of them. So, but you just go down here and it's like, I, <laughs> I put my trust in God alone. And then I write the scripture reference. And then I say, I lean not on my own understanding, etc. And then I add on there, like I cast my cares on him because he cares for me. Then I wrote, he is the vine and I am the branch. Apart from him, I can do nothing. Through him, all things are possible. The Lord orders my steps. Um, I am fighting the good fight of faith. I believe the word. The word is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Um, and then 
actually several scriptures about who I am in him. I am his daughter. I am his beloved daughter. I am the apple of his eye, you know, because then I have to combat this, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So all of those scriptures are written here. And then I spend time reading those scriptures and really meditating on them. Right? So not just writing them down and being done, but I'm like, I read that and like, I am the daughter of the king. I am his beloved. And I close my eyes and I just picture the Lord speaking that to me. I am your daughter. I'm your daughter. I'm your daughter. Right? And emphasizing different words to really get that in my heart. You know, one of my favorite ones that's on it, actually a different thought map, um, is he goes before me and he follows me and he rests his hand of blessing on my head. And I just think, and I close my eyes and I'm like, and I just picture Jesus resting his hand on my head. You know, just like you see these little people and we go up to them and like, oh, you're so cute. And you just rest your hand on their head. And it's like, Jesus resting his hand on my head. You go before me. You go before me. And you follow me. You follow me. And you rest your hand of blessing on my head. You rest your hand of blessing on my head. You know, just really thinking through what that verse is saying. And not just, you know, you know, I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me. Right? That's not doing anything for me. But really thinking about the words and picturing it and picturing the Lord himself saying those things to you. And, and then it settles it. It settles it. And when, because these thoughts, you know, they're strongholds, it, it, the enemy knows that they're there, and he comes back and he tries to lie, and I open it right up to that page. And if there's any new thoughts that are added to the same story, I just put them up there. And then I read all of those scriptures, and I just read them, and I read them, and I read them, and I read them, and I let them change my thinking. And I don't remember the scripture reference, but um, I have it written down in there. But it's, it's the one where it says, you know, we renew our minds through the washing of the water of the word. And I just, I just visualize the word washing those thoughts, right? And I don't know if you've ever read Caroline Leaf. One of the things that she, that she says in her book about this is that I didn't know. I did this for years. But one of the things that she said is whatever you think on, like if you think a lot on something, it actually creates real estate in your brain, right? So there's, you can actually see thoughts in the brain and it creates, you know, more and more and more dendrites and there's more and more little branches that are coming off of, you know, these areas of the brain and they, they actually take up space. And the more you think them, the bigger that gets. And the only way to get rid of them is to stop thinking them and think other things. So this is what we're doing. I'm like, I'm not thinking these things anymore. If I even am tempted to think this, I'm going to hear. And if you write it down, you know, one of the things that I, in my team, I talk to people a lot is, is as your emotions are high, your intelligence goes down. Like that's just, that's just how that works. 
right? So when I'm in the midst of a battle and the enemy, and you all have battled the enemy and we know how real that feels, you know, and it feels very, very real. And like, I am dealing with this and this is how I feel. And this feels very real. You know, your emotions are going up. So it's very difficult to then try to think of, okay, what was my scripture again? What was I, you know, what was I going to say? But if you ever written down, I don't have to think about it. I just turn to that page, you know, I have pages and pages of scriptures, <laughs> but, and I just turn to that page and I start reading those like, nope, this is what I'm, and I, you have to read them out loud. That's the other thing. So three important pieces, write down your thoughts Replace your thoughts in writing with the word and then speak the word out loud. Amen. Right? And then whenever it comes back, you just go, nope, and you go right back to it and speak the word. Amen. And so uh, we're going to wrap up. So uh, when she was talking about um, going through the, meditating on the scriptures, this whole process involves praying in the spirit. Because when we pray in the spirit, we speak out our spirit is praying out the mysteries of God. And if we, if you ever wonder, oh, maybe I have a program, where do I start? The, the, the cool thing is, as we mature and we grow in the Lord, the Holy Spirit is constantly, gently going like this when a program comes up. He doesn't take you and shake you like this. He goes like this. And if you're not sensitive, you'll totally miss that. It's so important to be um, humble and uh, quick to change. And so all the time I hear the Lord, he'll speak something just soft to me. And it'll be like, oh, man, the way I reacted to that person or what I thought about that person, whatever. It could be super small. But the Holy Spirit is so gentle, he will show you where to start. And um, it takes time. It takes time to, to sow into this. It takes praying in the Holy Ghost. And it takes faith. Trust in God, and sometimes it's painful looking at these things. But the the bottom line is, all of this is a result of us agreeing with a lie, and we want to break that agreement with a lie, and we want to agree with the truth. Amen. And there is no in between. Is that right? There is no in between. You can't kind of believe. It's you either believe the lie and line up with the kingdom of darkness, or you believe the truth and you line up with the word of God. You're either believing Satan, the father of lies, or you're believing our heavenly father. There is no in-between. Amen. So uh, I just want to say that we've got a couple people that can that you can pray with tonight. Uh, Robin and I will be available for prayer. Jose and Ella will be available for prayer. Sarah Grace, Pastor Tessa. Um, uh, Colleen and David in the back. If you need prayer, if this really struck something in you, um, we will pray with you. I encourage you to listen to this podcast again and literally just learn how to do this. Um, but I want to close in prayer uh, and then Sarah Grace will give us whatever we need to have. <laughs> Father, we just thank you that you love us so much that you don't want to leave us where we're at and that you have great things for every person here and you want to remove every obstacle. You want to remove every lie, every hindrance from the devil. And so, Lord, I pray that you will show each one of us any area that we've agreed with the enemy, anywhere we've agreed with a lie. And, Lord, we agree with the truth. We trust you, Lord, and we ask that you will come and change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey.